Hello and welcome to the Mountain Brook Baptist Project 119 Bible Reading Plan Podcast. I'm Mary and it's my pleasure to join you on this Friday, January 19th, as we welcome a guest to the podcast. Today we have reading for us Susan Wells. When I came to Mountain Brook Baptist some 15 and a half years ago, Susan was one of my very first friends here at the church. I can remember her taking me on a drive from the church to the high school to show me the ropes. I still get a little confused on all of those roads in Mountain Brook. But anyway, I'm so grateful that Susan has agreed to read God's Word for us today. And at the end of the podcast, we look forward to a time where she and I sit down to talk about things of life and faith. Thank you, Susan, for joining us today. Thank you, Mary, for having me today. Um, the first reading will be from Luke 4, 31 through 44. Then he went down to Capernaum, a town in Galilee, and on the Sabbath he taught the people. They were amazed at his teaching because his words had authority. In the synagogue there was a man possessed by a demon, an impure spirit. He cried out at the top of his voice, Go away! What do you want with us, Jesus of Nazareth? Have you come to destroy us? I know who you are, the Holy One of God. Be quiet, Jesus said sternly. Come out of him. Then the demon threw the man down before them all and came out without injuring him. All the people were amazed and said to each other, What words these are? What authority and power he gives orders to impure spirits, and they come out. And the news about him spread throughout the surrounding area. Jesus left the synagogue and went to the home of Simon. Now Simon's mother-in-law was suffering from a high fever, and they asked Jesus to help her. So he bent over her and rebuked the fever, and it left her. She got up at once and began to wait on them. At sunset, the people brought to Jesus all who had various kinds of sickness, and laying his hands on each one, he healed them. Moreover, demons came out of many people, shouting, You are the Son of God. But he rebuked them and would not allow them to speak, because they knew he was the Messiah. At daybreak, Jesus went out to the solitary place. The people were looking for him, and when they came to where he was, they tried to keep him from leaving them. But he said, I must proclaim the good news of the kingdom of God to the other towns also, because that is why I was sent. And he kept on preaching in the synagogues of Judea. Let's move now to Psalm 105, 1 through 22. Give praise to the Lord. Proclaim his name. Make known among the nations what he has done. Sing to him. Sing praise to him. Tell of all his wonderful acts. Glory in his holy name. Let the hearts of those who seek the Lord rejoice. Look to the Lord in his strength. Seek his face always. Remember the wonders he has done, his miracles, and the judgments he pronounced. You, his servants, the descendants of Abraham, his chosen ones, the children of Jacob. He is the Lord our God. His judgments are in all the earth. He remembers his covenant forever, the promise he made for a thousand generations, the covenant he made with Abraham, the oath he swore to Isaac. He confirmed it to Jacob as a decree, to Israel as an everlasting covenant. To you I will give the land of Canaan as the portion you will inherit. When they were but few in number, few indeed, and strangers in it, they wandered from nation to nation, from one kingdom to another, he allowed no one to oppress them. For their sake, he rebuked kings. Do not touch my anointed ones. Do my prophets no harm. He called down famine on the land and destroyed all their supplies of food. 
and he sent a man before them, Joseph, sold as a slave. They bruised his feet with shackles. His neck was put in irons. Till what he foretold came to pass, till the word of the Lord proved him true. The king sent and released him. The ruler of peoples set him free. He made him master of his household, ruler over all he possessed, to instruct his princes as he pleased and teach his elders wisdom. Thank you so much, Susan, for joining the podcast and for reading so beautifully for us. I want to hear a little bit more about you. Where'd you grow up and how did you meet Joe? Well, I grew up in Gardendale, Alabama, about 30 minutes north of here, and I met Joe when we worked for the same insurance company. Okay, and tell me a little bit more about y'all's family. Well, we have two children, Emily and Ed. So Emily is a therapist at Oasis Counseling for Women and Children, um, a nonprofit organization here in town. Ed is currently a student at UAB and the intern, youth intern for our church and plans to go to seminary in 2025. Wonderful. Yes, we love having Ed on staff here at the church. I love seeing him do ministry in a place where he grew up at Mountain Brook Baptist. That's another question I have for you. How did you and your family get connected with Mountain Brook Baptist? Well, it's actually the the uh, the great pastoral care. This church has always offered everybody, and uh, we knew several people from the daycare. Um, Carol and Ed, Tracy and Leland, Sharon, a few other people. Uh, my dad became very ill very quickly, and they just showed up, and that was it. Hmm. They showed up, and then we showed up. How long ago was that? Mm, gosh, probably 25 years ago, maybe a, little, maybe a little longer. And when I came some 15 years ago, you were one of the people who helped me get my bearings a bit, so thank you for doing that. I want to hear a little bit more about your personality. What are you like? What do you, what do you like to do in your free time? Uh, well, currently in my free time, I like organizing my house, which is a huge surprise for me. Come but, to my house. <laughs> but I do enjoy it. And I enjoy cooking and being with people. Susan, I know that you're a reader. What's something you've been reading in recent days that you might commend to us? Well, I actually read a lot of different things. Uh, usually it's in kind of the personal growth area. Um, I like a few different people there. Uh, Brene Brown, Henry Cloud. Um, I also follow those people on Instagram to, for daily posts, um, which can somehow be helpful mm-hmm. or sometimes be helpful. Tell me about a recent vacation that you and your family have taken. Well, most recently we went to Savannah and Tybee Island for a few days, and um, we really loved that area. It's beautiful. Food's delicious. Ooh, speaking of food, your family introduced me to something from um, Louisiana. What's the connection to Louisiana? And tell us a little bit more about Boudin. <laughs> um, Joe's mother is from a small town in southwest Louisiana um, called Ville Platte, kind of near Baton Rouge, about two hours from Baton Rouge. And they have a dish there called Boudin. It is basically a sausage with meats and rice and seasonings mixed together that you boil and then eat as a snack. Um, I do not like it. (laughs) Um, But Joe and the kids both love it. They all love it. And uh, Joe and Ed have have now have a project where they're making their own. Oh, really? And generally it's something that they only like when they're in Louisiana. So it's a new, new thing for us. A new project. What is another project that you or the family are working on? Um, well, this is going to be boring, but cleaning out our attic. Mm, something that is... Everybody's involved, everybody and it's extremely hard, <laughs> and tempers flare a little bit, but um, <laughs> but we're getting the job done. 
Good deal. On this podcast, I love to hear stories of how people came to faith in Christ. Would you share your story of faith? I will. Um, a couple of things in the background. Uh, uh, my grandfather on my mother's side was a pastor. He died young, so I never got to meet him. But I think he had some influence, you know, through the generations. And as well, my father's grandfather was a pastor. So also didn't get to meet him, but I think that some of that uh, probably follows through the generations. Um, so I kind of grew up in and out of church. And then when I was a senior in high school, I was 18, I got saved then. Was it at a church or a revival? Or it was at a church. It was at a church. It was Gardendale First Baptist. Um, David Dykes was the pastor there at that time, and um, I was pretty faithful to attend. Uh, you know, on Sundays, I didn't really do youth group or anything like that. But um, through those Sundays for that last year or so, it really kind of came to fruition, and I made the decision. Tell me about a few milestones then after you came to faith that stick out in your spiritual journey. Well, a couple of things happened, you know, shortly thereafter. We we had a tent revival um, maybe a year or two after that, and it was packed. It was outside. It was in the summer. It was hot, and we had a group of our friends there sitting all together, and one of our friends had a friend that was there who had not been saved, and we all started praying together, and, and we did for probably 20 or 30 minutes, and we just didn't know if anything would happen or not. And then, I'm going to say out of the blue, but it, we, we know it was the Spirit moving, um, he did stand up and make a profession of faith. And that really made me see what God can do rather than just feel what God can do. That's a beautiful story. Are there other times that you've seen him at work? Well, so many times. I'm not sure we could talk about all of them. But, um, you know, we, we went through um, some infertility issues, and while it— felt like God was not working in the moment, we realized he absolutely was. What are some of your favorite Bible verses? I would say um, Philippians 4, 6, and 7. Uh, Do not be anxious about anything, but in every situation, by prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, present your request to God. And the peace of God, which transcends all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. I think this this verse probably meant the most to me, or, or I, I really fully understood the depth of the verse after my dad died. Susan, I appreciate in our friendship that we can talk about hard things, and one of those things that I wanted you to discuss with us today is grief. I know you lost your mom a year and a half ago, and I just wanted to talk through what you've learned. Maybe it's from other people or just in the process about grief. So I, I see a counselor here in town, um, a Christian counselor who has helped me very much um, in life and specifically in grief. And probably the, the most important piece of information she gave me is that grief comes in stages, but it's not linear. And you, the stages are denial, anger, bargaining, depression, and acceptance. And I think most people think those go in order that they're listed, um, but it's not linear, and the feelings jump around and change almost daily. Um, and and through that process, um, I was able to, to cope a little bit better with, with uh, my loss. What I found out with grief is that it, until you experience it for yourself, you just don't know what you don't know. 
And, uh, you know, perhaps in the past I've not been, you know, as supportive and sympathetic as I should have been with friends and family. But now that I've gone through this, I realize that, that people experience things in different time frames and in different ways. And I want to be more sensitive to that so that I can help people work through their own grief. Yes. One of the difficult things about grief is we all process it so differently. And some people like to talk about their loved one and others aren't ready. And some people like to um, be in a group setting to talk about it and others just, just can't. And so the sensitivity of the spirit, we just have to lean into in those times. Um, one of the things that if you're, if you're willing, I would like for you to just share a story about your mom or something that you remember about her. I sure remember her black-eyed peas, which were amazing. But tell us a little bit more about her. Well, she was, you know, 100 pounds of pure sass um, <laughs> <laughs> and very funny and an excellent cook. And, and you know, she really loved to bake cakes. Um, you know, she could be your biggest cheerleader and your worst critic in the same sentence. Um, but that made us who we are, you know, and she, uh, was completely supportive of anything we wanted to do. She was a single mom. She had to work very hard. And even in that, she would give you the shirt off her back. And, you know, that taught us that helping people was probably the most important thing we could do. When I first came to Mount Mert Baptist, you invited me to a small group. Now we have growth groups, which are small groups. We just call them something different. But that has been very impactful in my life. And I want you to talk about how small groups have impacted you as well. So a small group is one of the things that I really have um, been passionate about for many years. When I first started a small group, um, we had had a group of people here at the church on a Sunday morning talking about how their small group had been so impactful to each of them individually and as a group and things that they'd been able to do together in the community. And it made me really start thinking that that would be something I would be interested in. And through that, um, we developed a small group of women that we really were intentional about it being learning the Bible, being accountable to each other, and creating uh, meaningful community. And we were really able to do that and together for quite a while. And I think through that, we all learn that time is important and who you spend it with is important and who you surround yourself with is important. In the small groups, we saw a lot of life moments together. And I think that the memories from the small group are very important. Talk to me about a couple of those memories. Well, Mary, um, one of the best things we did uh, was have a baby shower for Webb. <laughs> Who's now almost 14. Who, yeah, now is almost 14. So I guess we have been together probably 14 years. <laughs> um, and, and we also celebrated um, birthdays and new babies. And we grieved together with, you know, deaths of parents and friends and really just found a way to hold each other up, whether we were really physically together every week or not. Susan, thank you so much for reading and for entering into conversation with me today. Your friendship is such a blessing. Would you end our time together with prayer? I'd be happy to. Holy Father, thank you for your word, for your actions and deeds that keep us going every day. Thank you for a church family that shows up to help each other. I 
pray, Father, that as we go into these next days, we grow closer to you, be more in your word, and be willing to help other people when needed. In Jesus' name, amen.